when did you sense the Holy Spirit arrive? He's always here. Okay, that, that's the proper answer. When during the worship, when did the worship did you sense the presence of God actually start to fall? Ivan. Okay, straight away. We do that by faith, don't we? Straight away. When we were singing, how great is our God? Did you sense the atmosphere change? Let me check with my wife. Yes, dear? Yes. Something, something changed. We were giving glory to God. We were worshipping God. We were saying, this is who you are, Father. We worship you. You're our strength. You're everything to us. We love you. But there comes that point when the Holy Spirit just comes. Yes, he is here all the time. Yes, Jesus is in us all the time. Yes. But there are times when he comes. And I believe he's still here. And he's still here because, number one, his wonderful, fantastic grace. It's all of him. And secondly, many have prayed. Because we're, we're looking for God to move, aren't we? It's interactive today. We're looking for God to move. We're looking for the presence of God. You know, I used to say to people, we come to preach, say, are you sitting comfortably? And they go, yes. I'd say, well, you're in the wrong church then. You know, because, because it's not about being comfortable anymore, dear brothers and sisters. It's about moving in the power and the presence and the anointing of God. We've got a job to do. Yes, one day he will come. That will be fantastic, but we've got a job to do. And we can bring his kingdom in right now, right this morning. There's that pop song right here, right now. Why not? Why, can, why can't we believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do his work this morning? This morning we are going to pray for people who are deaf. This morning we are going to pray for people with eye problems. And, uh, and uh, there was something else which I've forgotten, which God showed me this morning. So what we're going to do is I'm going to finish early. Hallelujah! We're going to turn the recording off and then we're going to start praying for people together. Okay, we're going to do it together um, because we've been encouraged to be persistent in prayer. As, as we've been sharing as one person, we're going to pray continually, consistently, persistently. Father, bring healing. Father, bring healing. Why do we do that? Because we believe this is true. Because we believe Jesus is real. We believe his Holy Spirit is moving today. And that oh, God is on our side. You know, it's the anointing oil that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing oil. It's the anointing that breaks yokes. Bound up with fear, bound up with anxiety, still confused by all this. It is the Holy Spirit, it is the power of God that breaks yokes, that sets people free. You know, we pray up a storm. Lord, move. Lord, set us free. Lord, pour out your spirit. But when's it going to happen? Right now. It's going to happen this morning. Not because of emotion or manipulation, but because of the word of God. Because of the word of God. So hang on to your seats because we're going to have an interesting morning. Some God sp- I sense God speak to me, and that's for you to weigh, but I sense God speak to me. And he said, some are coming today because they want comfort. They just want God to put their arm around him and just say, Lord, I'm having a hard time, Lord. I have a word from God for you. It is time to be recommissioned. It is time to be commissioned to get on with what God has called you to do. For those who are feeling spiritually low, maybe even spiritually depressed, God is going to encourage you this morning that we have a mission. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he wants to come alongside us. But also, we have a job to do. We have a lot of people out there that need to hear about Jesus. And we've got precious brothers and sisters in other churches 
who are joining with us saying, let's pray, let's reach out, passion for life, let's see many people get saved this coming Easter. So we're going to carry on praying with our brothers and sisters at Christ Church and the Baptist Church, praying for Anthony, praying for Darren, praying for John, that they will be anointed to lead us so we can see many men and women come to know Jesus as their Lord of Saviour. We have people in this church who are prophetic, obvious ones like David, Margaret and Fred, but others of you, stir yourself up this morning. Stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Ivan, stir yourself up. Let's be stirred, not to put on a show, but because we want to touch the presence of God. We want to know him here today. If not, we may as well have coffee and go home and watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Is it on today? I don't know. We've probably got it on video somewhere. So, should we do it? Am I allowed to be naughty? Oh, you, pretty chitty bang bang, pretty chitty bang bang, we love you. God can take a rusty old car that's sitting in your backyard and he can turn it into something that will fly. You know, are you, are you sitting rusty? It's rusty and you're going, oh, it's, it's, this has gone wrong, that's gone wrong. Yeah? We have a God who changes dynamically. He changes people who are, whose life is dull as ditch water and he fills them with the Holy Spirit and he radically changes them. He takes Moses, a murderer, and he turns him into a man that delivers a nation. He takes Elijah, this depressed misery, and he changes him into a man of God who even appears with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what God can do. Not because we're all stirred up in emotion, but because the word of God is true. Come on, we spent hours crying in loneliness on our own, saying, Father, where is it? Why not now? Why not today? Why can't we see eyes made more whole this morning, ears made clear? Why not? Why not? We pray on Friday, Friday, Saturday mornings. Father, pour out your spirit. So why not? David said yesterday, but Jesus said, quoting Jesus, he said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come. If I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come. So what happens? We get all religious and someone shouts, oh, blessed is the womb that bore you. And he said, no, 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 no. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Dear friends, we have an opportunity to be a radical people, not because we're thousands, not because we're seeing massive signs and wonders, but because we believe God's word and we're acting on God's word. James, be you doers of the word, not hearers only. And we are in this church. We see people doing the word. Hallelujah. He is a God who rewards those who seek him. So prophetic men and women in this church, Stir yourselves up. Or do you want a Christmas message? (laughs) So if you're feeling rubbish, you feel you've had enough, this is days God to recommission you. That's why he's brought you here today, or that's why you're listening to this download, tape, CD, whatever it is. It is a day of the presence of God. I mean, some of these songs we sing, I mean, they're just a joke, aren't they? In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Are they? How many people here fearful this morning? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Washed away. Okay. Washed away. They are washed away. How many people anxious about the future? Health, finances, resources. Will I die lonely? I'm not married. Are we worried about things like all our fears? Don't ask me how, but the Holy Spirit, he's on the move. Oh, getting excited now. 
Come have your way among us, that verse said. We sang, come have your way among us. Okay, son, how about a bit of open heart surgery? How about looking at your motives, looking at your heart, looking at what makes you tick? Oh, Lord. <laughs> come have part of your way amongst me, Lord. But God is in the, is in the, is in the yoke-breaking business. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to what I'm supposed to be speaking on and then we're going to come back because I uh, just want to soften us up to be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we're talking about persistence in prayer today um, and um, you've got notes but they're not really very relevant to really what the heart of what I'm trying to share today. As John will probably tell you, doing the notes is, can be quite difficult. But as we know, there are many different styles and types of prayer I mean, how, how many seminars or, or preachers have we ever heard on prayer? I've probably heard hundreds. All sort of days. Well, it's, it's about a relationship with God. No, it's about being based on the word, brother. No, it's spiritual warfare. Being persistent. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's our Father. Childlike prayer. Oh, it's the prayer of agreement. That's, that's what does the trick for me. Arrow prayers. Lord, I need your help. Arrow, arrow. Name it and claim it. Lord, I want this Cadillac, and I believe in Jesus' name for the Cadillac. Prayer with fasting. Prayer in desperation. That's a good one, isn't it? One of my favourites. Lots of different types of prayer. Have you ever gotten to the situation like me where you sense God's calling you to pray in one way, but because it doesn't work, you try and find another way around it? If prayer agreement isn't working, I don't like the person I'm agreeing with anyway. So I'm going to go be based on the word. Stick ability is something that we are being called to in these days. There is no back door to manipulating what God wants to do in our heart. Let's not force God's hand. Let's hear his voice. Father, teach us to pray. He'll say, pray this way, practically. Pray for um, passion for life. Come together to pray for that. So let's pray for that. Nice and simple, isn't it? So let's follow the Holy Spirit's direction. Because we're already in relationship with our Father. So my daughters don't have to find a key to unlock me. A key, we're just in relationship. Just in relationship. Dad, you know, we're struggling. I need this, I need that. Or you've got to find the key to open my door today. <laughs> no, we're already in relationship with our Father. And if we, find, if we find prayer difficult, it might be we need to take that step back and see where, how is my relationship with God? How is my relationship with the Father? Which is one for another day. But as, as the great man of God will say, you know, we seek him for his face. We don't seek him for his hand. Lord, I want this. Lord, I need this. Lord, I want that. But when we seek him, for Father, I seek you because I love you. I want you. You're the all-consuming one. You're everything that I want. That's our, always our first place. Seek God's face, not purely for his hand. We sing that song, troubled minds can know his peace. Captive hearts can be released. The king has come. The king of love has come. He is a God of love. And if we have captive hearts, they might possibly, if we're lucky, one day, not today obviously, be released. Or maybe today we can be released. Because God is good. 
I believe God is a God of seasons. I, I believe there are seasons of prayer. There are, there are times when we pray specifically for things. So as a church, we're going into a season now of, of passion for life, praying towards the outreach next year. It's still sort of bare bones stage. But this is what we're going for. This is a season. So if I march up to John and say, oh, I think, John, we should be doing 24-hour prayer now for Madagascar or something, John might say, well, Julian, that's great, but just get behind what we're doing as a church. Let's, let's pray together. Let's be together. So this is the season when we pray. We pray for passion for life, not at the expense of everything else, but we do give that a priority. In Luke 11, Jesus' disciples came and they said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John's disciples did. So Jesus did. This preaching is easy. Jesus, will you teach us how to do this? And he said, yes. Isn't it nice when Jesus says yes? Yeah? He didn't say, no, no, I'm with you. You don't need to pray. I'm with you. You don't need to pray. And I'll always be with you. You don't need to pray. No, he said, I'll teach you. I'll show you. He didn't say, oh, use John's prayers. They're fine. John's, John's, John's prayers, they're great. No, it was a season. Jesus teaches to pray. He said, yes, I will. And he did. And he told them. And he showed them. Therefore, despite the fact that Jesus lives in us, we need to pray. I tried to look up what the word prayer means. <laughs> Very. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to know. You know what is prayer? Well, the very basic I came to is prayer is a request to God. Now, the next, the next thing I say is actually the wrong question. But what is the answer? What is an answer to prayer? I don't even like the question. An, an, an answer in itself is a reply. So if I say to David, who is the greatest football team in the world? He'll say, Oldham Athletic Football Club. And he's correct. See? So just, this is, I know I need to be set free. But the, so I asked David a question. David gives me an answer. But when we're dealing with our Heavenly Father, it doesn't quite work like that, does it? It's kind of based in relationship. And so we get a reply, but we don't necessarily get the answer. Just bear with me. Don't confuse the word answer with a specifically fulfilled request. I asked God to provide me with a house, and he provided me with a house. Many of us can testify to that. But sometimes God is taking us on a process, so we might not get the house, but other things happen. So it's the response rather than the specific answer. I won't go too far down that road, but... Um, because it's about our relationship, as we keep saying, and it's about our communication with our Father. So cultivate hearing the Holy Spirit. And that's why I said what I said earlier, you know, when did you sense the Holy Spirit come? We all say he was already here, which is right. But also I believe there is an attuning as well that we can learn to develop when we can see there are seasons in God, seasons when there's more of a brooding of the Holy Spirit, seasons of when Jesus is highlighting things more to us. So, I'd like to talk about praying unhelpfully. <laughs> Having given lots of tips on how to create disunity last time, I thought we'd, we'd go for it. So, must get into the word of God. 
If you'd like to turn to Jonah chapter 4, please. And we're going to look at some unhelpful praying. The reason I'm going down this road is I just want us to take time when we come to pray just to think about what we're about to do and not rush in, especially rushing in on an emotion. I trust most of us know the story of Jonah. God spoke to him. Hallelujah. He was disobedient. That remind you anybody? <laughs> and he ran in the opposite direction. The, swallowed by the great fish. Not a whale. Great fish. And, um, and uh, the whale puked him up on the land. Isn't the Bible nice? He sicked him up. And if we are lukewarm, God will sick me up too. Frightening, isn't it? So anyway, Jonah goes to Nineveh, declares to Nineveh, you've all had it unless you repent. And they repent. Wouldn't it be great to go around Herne Bay saying, you know, you really, you need Jesus. He's the one that's going to set you free. You go, oh, okay. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be good? Neighbours come around for coffee at Christmas go, you know what it is about you lot, you know. Your friends come around to sell. They never slam their car doors. They're, they're considerate. They don't block my driveway. You're very nice people. Why? They repented. Isn't it fantastic? But let's look at Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. So Jonah's um, off on one and uh, because God has been kind to the people and not brought destruction on them. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord. O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. So he prayed, Lord, I knew you were good. I knew them say them. I was right in the first place anyway, so I want to die. That would uh, be some prayer meeting, wouldn't it? God sees the bigger picture. So just hold that for a moment, and let's turn to 1 Kings 19. If you ever find times in the word of God that's dry, you pick up your Bible and you think, which way up is it? I can't get into it. Just read Samuel or Kings. They're just stories and God just starts to speak. It's fantastic. Elijah. Okay, we know the story. Elijah had been on Mount Carmel. Um, Fire had fallen from heaven. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, He'd killed the prophets of Baal and so forth, which God never actually told him to do, but he'd done that. And then he gets a note from a lady. No lady, if you ask me. So um, 1 Kings 19, verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. That's on Mount Carmel. How he had killed the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, May the gods deal with me, and be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them, i.e., I'm going to kill you. Elijah who just seen fire fall from heaven and killed 900 odd people, was afraid. And he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. 
he came to a broom tree, sat under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under a tree and fell asleep. See, Elijah, Jonah prayed. He got the hump. He thought it was about him. Elijah prayed. He got the hump because he thought it was about him. He was, he was really spiritually depressed. He thought, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that stands for the God of Israel. Wrong. 7,000 were still not bowing the knee to Baal. He thought he was all on his own, but he wasn't on his own. There were 7,000 others who were still following the Lord God. There were faithful people. He thought he was all alone. God gave Elijah three commands. Do this, anoint this, anoint this. He failed to do two of them. Sometimes if we go down, the, down, this, down this trail of spiritual depression, we can miss the very next thing that God's got for us. We can't live on yesterday's anointing. Well, we went to this Bible week three years ago. We prayed for this woman, a leg group, it's absolutely fantastic. And like that marriage, it got, oh, it's just wonderful. Three years ago, guys. God has got a sense of recommission moving forward. What, what has God got for us next? We may have come this far, but what has God got for us next? Don't go down into that mire, which I can go into. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You know, I'm the only one. No, you're not. No, you're not. Self-consumed. Self-consumed. Using all the religious words. But these are the days. These We're in days now when God is looking for men and women who are anointed with the Holy Spirit. Men and women who will allow their character, ooh, I don't like that word, to be developed. Men and women who will submit to leadership. No other way of saying it. And men and women of integrity. Those are the people God is going to trust. If we can get ourselves into that place, I tell you what, honestly, this is for you, Steve, this building ain't big enough. This building will not be big enough if we do those things. Now, as you know, I've got quite a passion for Psalm 27, you know, the presence of God, sitting in the presence of God, just learning to develop that quiet closet, that place, whether it's June of Lodridge or Frank Labac or, or Brother Lawrence, whatever is your won't. I love that kind of thing, but there's a real danger with that, and that is it can become a self-centred dungeon. Because te- I'm telling God all this stuff, and there's no accountability in what I'm saying. There's no one around me saying, hey, hey, actually, June, hey, 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 we're, we're with you, mate. We're, we're, you're not on your own. You've got brothers and sisters. So just beware, especially if you enjoy praying a lot on your own, do it. Press in. Know the presence of God. Seek his face. Look for things in the spirit. Have a bit of fun based on the word of God. But also be careful. It doesn't become too self-consuming. And as Julie will tell you, one thing God's really said to me this year is that it's together, together with all the saints. You want to get the full impact of the gospel. You want to have the fullest possible Christian life. Then Ephesians 3.18, together with all the saints, then we will understand the height, the breadth, the depth, the length, the width, the width and the width of God. Then we will. Then we will. Together. Not on our own. I'm class. I've got my ministry. Woo, easy. No, it's together. And I found that quite a difficult lesson to learn. 
but it's together. It's time to take responsibility in prayer. Look at, look at Isaiah, in Isaiah 6. You know, his friend, King Isaiah, had died. His, his friend had died. He was all alone, and he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord. <sighs> so, just a few little pointers based on 1 Kings 8 and 19 on the life of, of Elijah. Spiritual success can rapidly be followed by a sense of emptiness. Without being primed, if I was to ask David and John, when do you feel you're most vulnerable? Is it two hours after you've preached or is it ten minutes before you've preached? Afterwards, it all comes in. Well, when I was preaching, I said that and I suddenly realised that that happened to their daughter once. Oh my goodness, that's embarrassing. And I mentioned this and someone in the church, they had that five years ago. Oh no. You can be a wreck. If you preach, you can be a wreck by three o'clock in the afternoon. You're very vulnerable. Why? We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. If you preach or if you prophesy or if you pray for people, when you come away, yeah, have a rest, have a cup of tea, that's fine. But also, just keep yourself in the presence of God. Father, I'm, I'm watching Match of the Day, I'm going for a walk, but you're still with me. That's okay. That's okay. So, spiritual success can be followed by a time of emptiness. If you go to a conference and you have all this wonderful stuff prophesied over you, fantastic. Come back to your brothers and sisters. Share with them. Be open with them. Read the word with them. Don't separate yourself. Please, please don't. What happened, Jesus? You're my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days. (laughs) Great, isn't it? You've got it, now let's find out if you really want it. It's often the problem with the charismatic. (laughs) You see the healings, you see the financial provision, you see the miracles, you think, I want it. Then you find out (laughs) whether you're prepared to pay the price, which is a big price. So when you get spiritually depressed, fear comes quickly and the truth becomes out of focus. The focus shifts from God to me. Lord, you don't understand. I prayed for all those people. I'm all on my own. It's not fair. No, no. Focus isn't on me. It's on him. Father, you know what? I feel fed up today, but here's one truth. You're on the throne. Of the increase of your government, peace, there'd be no end. You are Lord. I don't understand, but I know that you are God. Yes, one day I'll be with you, but you can be with me today. You're in me. We can build ourselves. What do you do? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. What did David do? Surrounded by a disaster, he went into the presence of God and he stirred himself up in the word of God. He stirred himself up in the love of God. What happens? Oh, I said it so many times. When you're fed up, you run away from fellowship. Don't run away from fellowship. Don't run away from your brothers and sisters. Even if you're physically here. Sometimes I can physically be, never here, but in other meetings I've been there, but actually I haven't been there at all. In here I've been miles away. We need one another. I cannot stress that enough. You even run from those closest to you. He left his servant and went on into the desert. Don't leave those closest to you. The one you pray with, the one you share with, don't leave them. That's when we need one another. We are allowed to weep with one another as well as rejoice with one another. And I have a sneaky suspicion that one day we might see the power of God released when we start crying with one another as much as we rejoice with one another. I say that to myself, not as a word to us as a, as a church. But we become weak and weary. We may even wish to die. 
You know, it's um, it's powerful stuff. But remember, Elijah had a success in God. He he was successful. Hallelujah. God won. Whatever happens, discouragement will come. Hey, it's part of the deal. I'll get home and I will think, oh, so-and-so looked at me funny during the word and I think they don't like me. I know that's going to happen. So I choose to believe that I'm loved, that I'm beloved. I choose to believe. If I need correcting, then I'm open to that, as uncomfortable as it is. But that's how we grow. Something that um, we heard on Thursday, John and I heard on Thursday, um, uh, Dave Holden was saying, the devil schemes... You know, Ephesians 6 and the, the armour and the shield and the shoes and the belt, which is getting a lot tighter. So. <laughs> um, but the devil actually schemes for our downfall. He schemes for our downfall. I've never really seen this before. Now, what I'd like to, is each person now to come up to the front and tell me your weaknesses, your shortcomings. And what we're going to do here is actually we've got, there's one person in the church saying, I actually been DVDing and videoing your whole life and your thought life this week, and I thought we'd show it up on this screen. You know, here you are on Monday morning, you're worshiping God and giving to the poor, ministering, loving your husband, loving your wife. No, no, no. God knows where we're vulnerable. God, God, God. Uh, we, we. The, uh, sorry, the enemy knows when we're vulnerable, and we know where we're vulnerable, so we can shore that up. Where the sea comes in and washes away the sea defences, that's where we build the sea defences. We don't build the sea defences in the middle of Canterbury. We build them on Hampton Pier. So if you know you're vulnerable to, you know, fear or worry or, I know, things like sin, pornography, uh, drink, smoking, if you know that's where you're vulnerable, that's fine. That's fine. Be aware. Let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's be open with one another. God never leaves us. He's our sustenance. He provides us with a church family. This is your church family, brothers and sisters. This is your family. God always provides. And I really truly believe, and and I may even dare to say I've seen this in the few years I've been around, often at our weakest point, God uses that time to recommission us. He uses that time to recommission us. It's all very well for you, mate. You have not got a clue. The marriage I've been through. You haven't got a clue my financial situation. You haven't got a clue how annoying that neighbour is. You haven't, got a, you haven't got a clue the difficulties I've been encountering at work. No, I haven't. I haven't. But God does. And it might be that today he wants to recommission you. Elijah, I'm not worried about this. Jonah, I'm not worried about this. I want to recommission you. I, want to, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in you. The Shumanite woman had no children. She made a room on the top of her house for the man of God, Elisha. Uh, this is in, uh, where is it? This is uh, 2 Kings 4. And she made a house for the man of God. He would come and he would stay there. He wanted to bless her. She didn't have any children. So he prayed for her and she had a son. Fantastic. Isn't that wonderful? As the boy got older, Elijah was, Elisha was coming and going. One day, the boy was taken ill in the field and he died. It's awful. It's awful. What did she do? She laid the boy on Elisha's bed. She did the, the only thing she could do. I've got to get as near to the presence as I can. She then set her mind to find the man of God. And she went looking.
for the man of God. She went looking for the presence. When it's going wrong, when we're having a hard time, put it on Elisha's bed. Go to that place of God's presence and say, Father, this is the situation, this is the circumstance. Now I'm going to search after you. And God will not disappoint. He will not disappoint. And her son was raised up. My prayer can often be, Lord, bless me. Lord, comfort me. Lord, cuddle me. Lord, look after me. Lord, help me. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good. Say, Lord, I need your comfort. That's good. Good, good, good. Oh, a lady walked past. She thought I was doing that to her. So, mm, be saved. Um, <laughs> so it's good to ask God to comfort us, but sometimes God actually just wants to commission us. Rather than, oh, Julian, you poor thing. I'm so sorry you've had such a bad life and people have been so horrible to you. Oh, he says, rise up like a man. This is the job I've got for you. Do it. This is the job I've got for you. Do it. So I mustn't get caught up with all the things that are wrong, but actually you can miss the very commission of God. And it was the same with Peter, wasn't it? There's Peter, you know, Jesus raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Jesus raised from the dead. It's good, isn't it, eh? Raised from the dead. And there's Peter trying to control. I'm going fishing. Go back to his place of security. That's one for another day. And he, so they see Jesus on the shore. And they go, it's the Lord. Wow, that'd be great, eh? Breakfast time, you see Jesus. Whoa. So Peter just dives in the water. He has to get to Jesus. We know he has to get to Jesus. And he's not pulling it up. Look, Lord, you know, look, I'm getting the fish up. I'm getting the fish up. Look, I'm still in control. I'm still in control. And there's Jesus with the fish on the fire. Where did Jesus get his fish? Up, fish. Thank you. Oh my goodness, it's the 5th of April. It must be tax time. Peter, denare, that will do. That's the God we have, one who provides. And and Jesus, at that time when Peter thinks he's going to get a good kick in, uh, Peter is restored. Jesus doesn't beat Peter up. He restores him and he commissions him. And who is it who stands up in Acts chapter 2? Now, I would have chosen John... And probably Luke, because John's sort of nice and close to Jesus, and he's all safe. Um, and Luke, because he was like a doctor, in case you've got a bit of a headache, you know, give you a few paracetamol or something. And, and so that's who I would have chosen to be closest to me. But Jesus chose big mouth, foot in it, me. <laughs> he chose Peter. Isn't he good? Isn't God wonderful? It just proves he really understands what we're like, doesn't it? So... If you feel there, then today is your day of commission. Let me just read to you from Job chapter 42, verse 7. Job is a fantastic book. (laughs) Enough said. There's a great, this is just a little, so I was just reading Job for a bit of fun this morning anyway. There's a great one in in chapter 40. The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice, and I will say no more. 
Job had such a vision. God showed him that he, he had formed the storehouses. He tells the thunder where to go. He makes the animals carve. He showed him all the wonders. He's the one that put the stars in the space, makes Pleiades, changing its season. God showed, and Job said, I'm just going to shut up now. Fantastic, isn't it? But what does Job do? Job prays for his friends. So to pray, let us pray for our friends. Because if we want to be healed, then let's pray for others. Verse 7 says, After the Lord said these things to Job, and boy, did he say it. He said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken what is right, as my servant Job has. Interesting. So now take seven bulls, seven rams, and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the termite, Bildad the Shunite, and Zohar the Nahamite did what the Lord told them. That'd be a great thing to put over the church. We just did what the Lord told us. That'd be a great, 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 you know, first, first of the year. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as before. So let us pray for one another. Struggling in the area of health, then, and I know people do here pray faithfully, don't get me wrong. People pray faithfully in this church. As you pray for others to be healed and restored, receive that healing and restoration for yourself too. Let us pray for our friends. Going to leave all that. Luke 18 talks about the widow and her persistence. Let me read the word of God to you rather than giving you my asides on this maybe. So Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him, asking, coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or I care for men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice and, she, and so that she won't wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry to him day and night Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I find that a very fascinating scripture. In some ways incredibly simplistic, in other ways tremendously complicated. Let me just pick out a couple of bits and then I'm going to move on. It's God's heart. The, the, the core is it's God's heart that we are persistent. He invites us to be persistent because parables aren't just nice little stories. They are principles of the kingdom. 
parables or principles of the kingdom. They are not nice little stories. So Jesus is saying, kingdom principle, pray and keep praying. It was a, as I say, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty rough environment because she was going to a man that didn't fear God and he didn't fear men. Do you feel that when you're praying sometimes? You're praying for this very difficult person or someone in authority. You think, well, I don't fear God. They don't fear man. I've really got, I'm really in trouble here. Be persistent. Do you notice they lived in the same town? They actually lived in the same place. He lives in you. Jesus lives in you. Isn't that fantastic? Initially, she was disappointed, but she kept pressing in. The, the rest really is in the notes. But we're encouraged to keep asking day and night. Remember, all that is not of faith is sin. So pray in faith. Have, have realistic targets. It's like we tried to lose weight. You know, I'm going to lose seven stone by Christmas. Well, okay, what about if I try and lose half a pound a week? which is very boring, and you can't have all the fun stuff. Make it you know, graspable. Lord, we want to see thousands in Herne Bay fall under the power of God. How about three or four people getting healed here this morning and then developing from there? Why not? How about that? So I also believe that praying together brings a sense of accountability. That's why when we pray in cell group, pray on Saturday mornings, um, the Thursday group, cell group meet, we pray, it holds you accountable because when you start saying things, it helps you to verbalise what's on your heart. Have you found that when you try and pray? Especially for people who are a bit difficult. I did a big section on praying for people you don't like, but I decided to dump it. <laughs> and um, sometimes we've prayed prayers and we've forgotten them. We're out of time, but Zachariah was chosen as the priest to go and minister before the Lord and God had a little surprise for him. He walks in with the rope on his leg in case he drops dead in the presence of God to burn incense before the Lord. The angel of the Lord appears for him. You can have a son. Your prayers have been answered. Prayer, what prayer? Prayer, let me think. Prayer, 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 answer, prayer, prayer, prayer. No, it's not about my border stone being moved. No, 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 no. No, no, you got me there. No, 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 got me. Well, many, 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 many years ago, you prayed for a son. And guess what? It's party time. Because sometimes there may be things that you prayed for many years ago, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. Maybe God wants you to give you that to you now. I don't know. But God is a God of surprises, and he's a faithful God. So pray and do not give up praying. Circumstances, age, Lack of resources, disappointment can hinder us in our prayer. But let us lift up our eyes and see the one who answers our prayers, our good Father. Isaiah 44:22, it says, I have swept away your offences like a cloud. Your sins like morning mist return to me. I have redeemed you. When Zechariah went into the presence of God, and this is very well put in Tommy Tenney's book, um, um, God chases about going into the presence of God, creating the smoke, because you just, you just had to screen yourself. And yet here is God doing that for us, making our sins like mist. Isn't that wonderful? Because God, God has redeemed us. So move with sin, move, deal with sin, and move on. 
I'm going to leave all of that. Let me read to you two scriptures and then we're going to pray for folk because it does say in our notices, if you notice, or if you're like me, you skip the first bit and just go to the dates. It says, there will also be an opportunity for prayer for healing and other needs at the end of the meeting. Isn't that good? Anyone like to be healed this morning? Yeah? Anyone like to be healed? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. But we're going to do it based on God's word. So let me just read. Let, let me just um, let me just read this to you and let it wash over you. And then also I can do it in a version that's got bigger letters on it. <laughs> Isaiah forty-three, four to seven. This is um, this is something I believe we can pray as a church as we're coming towards um, passion for life and as we're praying for people to get saved, come to the carol service, etc., etc. So I'm going to read this in, in, uh, in my version. So just let it wash and enjoy. So it's Isaiah 43, 4-7. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honoured and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and I will gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold back. And we can stand in this church and we can say, West, be gathered. Yeah? South, do not hold them back. He's preaching. It's very holy. Don't disturb the church. <laughs> okay. Bring the kids in. That's what Jesus did. Bring them in. Come on. Bring the children in. So we can, we can speak to the north, the south, the east, the west, say, give them up. People in Bognor Drive, give them up. People in Grand Drive, come. We can speak that prophetically. Something I really wanted to highlight this morning, but I haven't got to. Let's pray prophetically. Let's seek God prophetically. Even if you don't feel it's particularly your gift, that's okay. But I believe God gives the prophetic to all who ask. Pray prophetically for your roads. Give them up. Grand Drive, Give up those who are to be saved. Give them up. Let them be drawn. Do not fear. I am with you. Verse 7. And it, Sorry, it goes on to say, Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. God has many people in this town. Many people. Yes, we want to pray for one another. Yes, we want to pray for people in the body to get saved, to, to get saved, well, maybe, to get healed and to get delivered and to get set free. But also our heart from that point is to encourage us that we go out there to our friends and neighbours and we support our friends in other churches who are reaching out to the lost, that we might see people getting saved. And finally, Isaiah 55. Just let me read this to you. 6 to 11. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Do you sense the Lord's near? Yeah. One, two, three. Sense the Lord's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God pardons us for your thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts from your thoughts. Here's the key. 
for the as the rain and there's plenty of it and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth making it bear and sprout furnishing the seed for the sower and bread for eater oh, I'd love to talk about that so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Now, God sends his word and he healed them. That's what it said. And, and in 1 Corinthians 15, 36, it, it starts, you fall, ignore that bit. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. First the natural, then the spiritual. We're out of time, but sometimes we have to let certain things die because when it falls into the ground as a dead seed, then it sprouts, grows, ear, fruit, crop. Might need to go away and like meditate on that rather than make an emotional response to that. But sometimes we have to let things die so that God can bring the growth. Can you turn the... Bless you, whoever's listening.